Hey guys, it's March, and you're listening to Hola Bichola. Hola Bichola. Hola Bichola. Casa de Dragon. All right, everyone, welcome back. Episode six of Casa de Dragon. We are more than halfway through the season. And I don't know about y'all, but I am so excited um, that we have all of these new characters. Even though I do miss the old Renera and Alicent, and everybody else is pretty much the same, just with like, just has looked aged a little bit more. I am excited for the new grown-up and all the children that are going to be a part of this now half of the series. Okay, so let's just get right into it. So we open up with an epic scene, an epic battle, and that is Renera having her third baby. Well, at this time, we don't know it's her third baby, but she is delivering this baby who is finally out of her, and he is so beautiful, and she just looks amazing delivering this baby, which was a little also kind of shocking because we went from Renera being 15 years old and not even thinking about, you know, babies and marriage to just like having been married for 10 years, delivering her third baby. And it was a lot to take in, but it was a pretty good opening scene. I was really happy to see this happening. I was really happy to see the way that this opened up. So we find ourselves with, um, you know, Venera holding the baby and one of the um, maids comes in and is like, now that you've delivered, the queen wants to see the baby. And at first you're kind of thinking like, what is this about? Why does she want to see the baby? I thought like, does she want to see the baby just out of like, to spite Rhaenyra? Or because I could tell obviously by her wanting to see the baby right away without Rhaenyra that perhaps she wanted to kind of assert some sort of dominance over her in some way by being like now that you've had your baby your baby's mine type of thing but no we soon find out that it's not about the baby being hers but simply about whether the baby is Lenore's which again I mean we'll get to that so anyway Renera goes to see the queen herself because that's the kind of bitch she is she's like oh you want to see my baby you want to see my baby? Yeah, you're going to see my baby with me. And so I love how she's like walking through this entire, you know, uh, the castle, just like with her afterbirth bleeds all through the castle, which they deserve to see everything. If she's going to be requested, if her audience is going to be requested, if her baby's audience is going to be requested after they're born, then yeah, you're going to see everything. And that means all the blood on the floor. And I love her for this because for those of you who've had babies, I've had three myself, you would know that especially like a vag birth. Oh my God. I mean, I can't imagine a C-section, the pain of that. But a vag birth, the soreness, oh, then having to walk through that, it takes a special kind of woman to have to do that. And so she did that. <laughs> so now we're with Alicent and Renera in the queen's quarters. And, you know, she's like, oh, I can't believe you're here. You should be in your birth you know resting in your labor rest and it's like you got some damn nerve to act like you're so concerned for Renera and her well-being 
after you just requested to have her baby be seen. You don't do that. You don't take away a baby from a woman who just delivered their baby. You just don't, unless obviously it's like a greed or some sort of surrogacy. You just don't do that. You do not. And so I just thought it was so strange that she acted so concerned. But again, that's just like a facade for her. She's just acting concerned. And so they're having these conversations about like, how was the labor? And the king comes in and old decrepit king, he walks in and he's all like, so happy and honestly i i love this king i know i know he's not favored and he's perceived as weak and decomposing but honestly i love him he just seemed so happy that his daughter had another baby another little thing he could just like hold and cradle and god forbid pass on whatever decaying disease is on him he's also lost an arm as we can also tell he is um, you know, just one hand at this time or one arm, one arm and a quarter at this time. And, uh, yeah, that, that's, that tells a lot of what his journey has been for the last 10 years. And so, you know, one of the things that stood out to me in particular in this scene was, you know, you have Allison up to Lenore and Lenore's like, you know, just watching through the side as everyone is engaging and Allison comes up to her and he goes keep trying Sir Lenore perhaps the next one will come out looking more like you and I'm just thinking like Allison are you dim because it's one thing okay it's one thing to assume that Renera is having is having children with other men okay that's one thing. It's another thing to assume that Renera married a straight man. And therefore, you know, she's having affairs on her husband. That's another thing. But the, then the third thing is to look at a man, know all the whispers around the castle that Sir Laner is queer, is gay, is into men, and to assume that they haven't tried or haven't been trying or they don't have some sort of agreement is just it just is so naive of her and it really puts into perspective just how I don't know if it's her you know obsession with like her leaning into her puritanical ways but it just seems a bit like there's that's never happening like the, f- the simple fact that you think that's even possible. It's like you hate Renera so much. You think that she is withholding from her husband or something like that. Okay, moving on from that. So now we're back with race. We're back in um, Renera's chambers. And she is, then we have Sir Harwin walk in. And at first I'm thinking to myself, why is he here? Why is he, who is this person? Like what's, what conversation are we going to have here? Did something happen outside? But no, it turns out that um, he is rather friendly and like comely, I believe with like the kids and Renera and even Lenore, they all seem pretty comfortable in their situation. And then 
I thought it was so weird when he, I haven't read the book, so I don't really know what's happening, but I know, I know something's out. But at the time when I first watched it, I was like, I don't understand why, why is this happening? But we have Sir Lenor, not Sir Lenor, we have Sir Harwin or we have Sir Harwin and he asked to meet Joffrey. And I asked myself, why does he want to meet this baby? Which was like, duh, of course, this is why he wants to meet his brown haired baby. But at the time, I was like, why is he wanting to meet this baby? Like, what sort of relationship do they have? And then I quickly realized, oh, because he is the daddy of all three of them. All three of them. And that would explain in the next scene, Allison's conversation with the king where she's basically saying one son is a mistake but three children is an insult and that explains it they're all sir harwin's kids and so we find ourselves now with in the in the dragon's den and all of the kids we meet all the kids and their dragons except for one amond and Amon does not have a dragon, which, you know, I didn't understand exactly like the, how the dragons worked. Do they all get a dragon? Do all of the dragons lay eggs? And then the next one gets one, but turns out Amon doesn't have a dragon. And then his like cousins or not cousins. They're like half uncle brothers, half uncle brothers were playing with him and gave him a little a little charlotte's web a little piggy dragon and i thought that was really cute and playful to see you know their interaction but um but i thought also amen wow it's gonna be a long 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 years for you because sir you are coming across a bit um detached a bit sensitive might I say antisocial for these kinds of kids like you don't really like appreciate any of their jokes or any of their games um which is totally fine but I can just tell that like this might be this might be a long life for you (laughs) surrounded by these people so then we find ourselves now with Allison and her daughter which I don't know her daughter's name. I think it's like Elena, Elena, you know, A-E-L-E-N-Y-A. It'll probably be something like that. And she's talking to Elena's, for now we're going to just call her Princess Elena. And she's talking to her gerbil. And you can tell that I really thought Allison was like kind of like momming up really well right now. Because she's talking to Elena and seems somewhat interested and also somewhat bored, which, relatable. <laughs> and um, she's kind of like talking to her about her gerbil and why she finds her gerbil interesting. And I could tell that Elena was like there but not there. Like she was almost talking doubly and, and like double. And so Amond comes in with a knight and he's like oh we've you know the knight's like we found your kid he's out in the dungeons again so immediately allison gets distracted to take care of this other kid and in the background you have the princess kind of like foretelling or foreshadowing 
what's to come what's to what's the doom of like the story and what i'm thinking perhaps is their family like the last one has no rings um or no legs what is she telling us why is she telling us this at this point in time i must assume it's got to relate to Amond or allison or even their targaryen lineage and now we're with with a with a very heavy Allison episode where with Allison and Sir Kristen Cole which by the way I've been saying his name wrong and no one has told me I thought his name was Christian like Christian Cole no it's just Kristen Cole so sorry Kristen anyway just wanted to get that correction out there his name is Kristen, not Christian, which I prefer to say Christian, but his name is Kristen, so we shall call him that. So now we're with Kristen, finally. We, we see Kristen, and Allison is just like so obsessed with Ray and her kids and her lineage. It's it's a bit obsessive. It's it's a bit mental, you know, and I would hate to say that's for another woman, but she is obsessed with like what Ray does with her body, who Ray fucks, who Ray loves, who Ray engages with. Girl, get a hobby. Isn't there something in the castle that you should be like hyper focused on? Not what Ray does or who she does. My God. And then her engagement with Sir Kristen and the way he's talking about Ray, I just thought, you messy little bitch. Oh, Ray is just a spoiled little brat. She broke my heart. She made me dirty. And it's like, you know what? Kristen and Allison do deserve one another, and they, they do belong together. They're both obsessed with Puritanism. It's absurd. He wanted to marry Ray because... They hooked up and he felt regretful and now he wanted to fix it by becoming, you know, getting married and making it the right way. And Ray is, ups and uh, not Ray, and Allison is upset that she was forced to marry a decomposing king and now she doesn't have anyone sexy. She can only look at sexy people. She can't touch sexy people. And babe, that's on you that's on you you're the queen you can do whatever you want but you choose to be a puranical psycho bitch and that is my truth so now we move on to Aegon and his and him spreading his jewels over King's Landing which Allison would give the man some space give the boy some space I mean he's he was so close or you know he might have I don't honestly I don't know where it ended but I just know that it was quite the scene and Allison is boss for that I'll give her that she was she just kind of acted like whatever it is you're doing I'm not interested in that we need to have a conversation about you letting other people talk shit on your family on your brother Whatever you, however you and your brother relate, that's fine. But you don't let anybody talk bad about your kin. You just don't do that. But you know, it's Aegon. So um, yeah, 
I don't know. So now, oh, the scene, the scene is so beautiful. We have a... We have Damon and Lena and they're riding their dragons and they're just like riding around, having fun and being badass. And I thought, I'm so happy these two are together. Like this works. This really works for me. Does it work for Damon? That's the real question because it works for Lena and it works for me. Does it work for you, Damon? We'll soon find out. So now we learn that they're living in Pentos and they just been have been traveling and Lena is married is um pregnant with her third kid. Another third kid. So she's pregnant with her third kid and they're one thing to note, Damon actually consummated this one. He might not have consummated the other marriages, but he consummated this one. So that's good to know. And so we have Damon and Dana. We have Damon and Lena and their extended stay in Pentos. And we're learning about how bored they are living there, especially Lena. Damon, he's kind of like, I'm a little bored, but that's okay. I'm reading books. I'm drinking terrible wine. I'm far away from my niece who I desire more than anything in this world. And I'm far away with the, from the politics of Westeros. So yeah, I'm pretty good here. Well, Lena says that's not enough for her, which is good because weak wine is no place to be satisfied in. So now we're in this pretty, we're in the peak scene where everything's about to change. Everything is about to change, and I'm pretty heartbroken over this. I'm not going to camp on y'all. I'm pretty heartbroken. We have the fight practice, and the way this is all set up is the king and um, Lionel. They're at the hand, Lionel the hand. They're up at the top. Then we have at the bottom in the pits, we have Sir Kristen. Mm -hmm. And then we have the children, Aegon and Aemond. And then we have Jaceris and Raceris hanging out at the bottom. I believe his name is Raceris. Raceris. Mm, yeah, in Aceresis. So they're all fighting. And Sir Kristen is giving much attention to Aegon. Aegon. <laughs> <laughs> to Aegon and Aemond. That should be their name. Aegond. Saying it like that. That way it's Aemond and Aegon. Hmm. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get that one to, to stick. But okay. Moving on. So we have Aegon and Aemond fighting with Sir Kristen because he's paying attention to the, those two children because he clearly hates Rhaenyra's kids and so they're fighting and they're fighting well and he's teaching them how to fight and here comes in Sir Harwin Strong and again you have to ask yourself why are you here sir what do these things matter to you you're being loud 
everyone's already wondering if these are your children. You being here is only solidifying it. But nonetheless, you can't take the man away from his children. Those are his duties. He has to make sure that they're being taken care of, especially with the messy bitch like little Kristen, who's out there not paying attention to them, not showing them how to fight, and leaving them out just being unprotected. And so he walks in. And he's basically bringing that to, you know, Sir Kristen's attention. And then we have Aegon and Jaceris and they're fighting. And you can just see everybody is tense. Everybody's blood is boiling. Everybody's like, oh, 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 my God, what is happening? What is happening? What is happening? Um, and then it gets to the point where Aegon and Jaceris get into a really, really deep an intense fight where Sir Strong gets in the way and stops Je- and stops Aegon from, you know, sticking his sword and Jaceris. And then we have Messy Kristen basically saying, I'm so surprised that you're really, you know, focused on this fight and focused on the well-being of these children. Only those who are related to them would have such a fact, like a cousin, a sibling, or a son. And, you know, naturally, Kristen Cole got the shit beat out of his face, which I'm really glad for that. That felt really cathartic. I was very happy about that situation. And... I, too, would like a Sir Harwin to fuck someone up when they would just talk shit about me. (laughs) So now we find ourselves with no notes and a little lost because I have no notes and my phone is messing up. Does anyone have that on their situation? Okay, finally. And so now we kind of find ourselves with the small council and they're all just kind of talking about the issues at the Stepstones and why things didn't work out and who did what and who should have done what. And then right before the meeting ends or right after the meeting ends, Rhaenyra is basically saying, I'm going to extend an olive branch to you, Allison. And I would like for our children to get married. And so that way you don't have to worry about the lineage. It stays within the family. And Allison's like, you fucking thought that I was going to buy this with your bastard children? Those are not even legitimate children for the throne. And you think I'm going to attach my child to your bastard son? You're out of your fucking mind. And I thought, oh God, Allison, give it a fucking break. She's extending the olive branch. Why are you so hateful? It's because you're jealous. It's You're jealous because she's fucking really hot men in the castle and you just won't open it up for anybody else but your decomposing king. That is a choice you made. That's your fault. That's all on you. You're the queen. You could literally do whatever you want. And you choose to do the king and only the king. But I don't know. We'll see. Let's see, maybe you and Kristen, y'all are too close for comfort. It makes no sense. Well, the fact that you two, that you both hate the same person. And so maybe that's what brings y'all together. But maybe, maybe Kristen might come around. I don't know. We'll see. 
And so now we find ourselves with the hand talking to the king. And he's saying, hey, I got to quit. It was very clear that my son, Sir Harwin Strong, um, can't contain himself. He's embarrassing me. He's fucking your daughter. And obviously I can't be partial anymore. I can't be impartial anymore. I'm going to be partial because those are my grandkids, our grandkids. So yeah, I'm going to go. And the king's like, no, you can't go. Stop talking. You know, there's there's what shadows are bothering you name these shadows and Lionel's like I can't really give my shadows names at this moment because then that's going to be really bad for everyone so the king's like okay well then no we're you're not leaving I'm not going to take no for an answer it's not enough you can't quit you're going to stay with me until my dying days and so the hand's like all right well can you just maybe like let me go and take my son back to our home and let me like tuck him in and I'll be right back and the king's like you better come back and so then we have Rhaenyra oh my goodness then we have Rhaenyra then we have Allison, and she's talking to Laris Lionel's other unwanted son and he's basically saying they're basically talking about how Allison doesn't believe she has anyone on her side, which is like, you're literally talking to someone who's on your side. What about your husband who's on your side? What about Kristen Cole who's on your side? What about Lionel who basically quits so that everyone can just like be chill? You're crazy. You're absolutely insane, Allison. And I like how you're going about this because this is, oh, you know, this everyone is fighting for the throne and you're literally... You're literally fighting for the throne in ways no one else is. And I like it. And so then we have Laris, the beetle, who is showing his villainous side. I would almost say this episode is more about the villains of of, of the season than anything else. Because that's, we saw Alicent, we saw Damon, we saw Kristen Cole, you know, these are some big players, Laris. These are some big, big players. And so then we find ourselves with back in Pentos and Lena dies by fire because her breached baby wouldn't come out. And so they were going to cut her open. And so she was like, no, I'm just going to burn to death me and this kid. And so she does. And that was pretty shocking. I was pretty sad about that. And then we find ourselves with the ill-fated delivery of uh, Sir Harwin and Sir Lionel dying at the hands of Laris's cult, sub-cult. And I was actually really disappointed by this. I was really heartbroken. Because now, after this happens, Rey goes to Dragonstone with her family. And why else wouldn't she? Like... And she doesn't have anyone on her side. The love of her life at this time, perhaps. Sir Harwin Strong, the love of our lives. He was here for such a short amount of time. And he's gone. And I really wish we could have gotten more of their relationship. I would have loved to see what brought them together to have three children. You know, was it just sexual? Was it also emotional? 
how is Renera emotionally in these, how is she invested in these relationships? I really would have loved to see that play out. I know that we have a lot of time to go through, but that would have been really nice. And so, you know, we're kind of left with, you know, an episode that's supposed to catch us up for in 10 years. And when we catch up, it's we're, we're caught up with all of the villains and everyone is basically still doing the same thing with one another, but everything is still wor- Everything is just worsened, you know, de- deteriorated even more, you know, and I thought that, you know, Damon would finally find love with Lena and he might have enjoyed her time, his time with her, but clearly they just weren't destined to be together. And also she's dead. So that didn't last very long. And I would have loved to see their love and affection as well. I, I've, you know, I, I get it. We, we have so much time to cut through and to get through, but I really would have liked I really would have liked to see these two couples flourish a little bit more and learn more about them but you know I guess we have the books for that anyway guys thank you so much for tuning in with me today if you have any questions hit me up on hbxpod at gmail if you want to find me on socials you can hit me up on hbxpod on instagram and on tiktok and yeah thanks so much for